0: Welcome to African Theological Scholarship Podcast, where scholars of African Christianity and theology discuss their research. Your host is Harvey Quiani, professor of African theology at Liverpool Hope University. Here's today's episode.
1: Hi Moses. Hi Avi, how are you doing? I'm doing well, how are you? Good, good I'm good. You are in Elorin in Nigeria?
0: Yes, I am in the city of Elorin.
1: Okay, how is it there at the moment? What's happening?
0: Uh, um, it, um, it's, it's fine. The weather is um, fairly cool for our context here, and um, everything is moving pretty well, other than the challenge of um, COVID-19 that is um, shaking your world at
1: the moment. Yeah, it's shaking, it's shaking the entire world. We we in the UK have yes. really been affected. Yeah. Can I give you a chance to introduce yourself to, to our audiences?
0: Okay, thank you. Uh, um, I am Baba Tomiwa Moses Owojaye. Uh, If you don't mind, I can tell you the meaning of those names. Uh, Babatomewa means one who is born shortly after his father or grandfather dies. So it's the African belief in reincarnation. So it is believed that I came to replace my grandfather. I was born just a week after he passed on. That's my first name. Uh, Moses is my other name and my family's um, which means if you have money, you will control life. Uh, uh, um, at the moment, I pastor the first evangelical church winning hall in the city of Eloring. Uh, it is called First Equa, uh, Eloring. First Equa is um, 76 years old uh, now. And I also teach at um, Equa Theological Seminary, uh, Iguaja. Elkua Theological Seminary is just about 50 minutes away, uh, 50 minutes drive uh, from here. And um, I also provide leadership to the Center for Biblical Christianity in Africa. This is an initiative founded in the year 2017 uh, to contribute to the deepening of the roots of biblical Christianity in Africa and to the widening of the transform- transformative impact of um, the Christian message in the public square. Uh, I can add that um, I studied World Christianity at um, Africa International University uh, Uh, with partnership with the University of Edinburgh under the leadership of um, Professor Mark R. Shaw and um, Professor Andrew F. Walsh to mention just a few of them. And I finished um, my PhD studies in the year 2017. Thank you.
1: Brilliant. And and we share a mutual friend, Wanjiru. Mm.
0: Okay, yes. um,
1: Wanjiru and I
0: are friends. Uh, we are also colleagues. I started, um, I am the first um, MTH graduate in World Christianity at Africa International University. And when we commenced our PhD immediately, I met um, Wanjiru. We studied together under uh, Professor Mark Shaw for about three years before we started our field um, research, and that was when we departed. Uh, Wanjiru graduated two years ahead of me. She finished in the year 2015. I came back to Nigeria to conduct my field research, and that took me some time. And um, I was able to finish in the year uh, 2017. And um, since then, Wanjiru and I have been good friends. She has um, contributed immensely to my academic growth. And uh, I thought that she's someone I cannot let go uh, for the rest of this journey. So we keep abreast of our developments as we travel on this path.
1: That's really good. Um, it's important yeah. to, have journey, to, to have friends to journey with on, on, on yeah. in, in this academic life. Uh, so, you studied at um, African International University in, in Nairobi. What, what, what was your PhD work on?
0: Uh, my PhD work was on the images of Pentecostal religious functionaries in the Nigerian Christian films uh, with the case on the case of Evon Ward uh, Network. Everyone World Network is about the second largest, um, indigenous Christian film industry in Nigeria, only af- after Mount Zion, uh, Nigeria. And my concern was to look at um, how religious functionaries are portrayed, uh, in their movies and how that would impact on the image of the church in the public sphere. It was an intersection of theology, culture, and uh, media studies. But my concern was really on the subject of perception.
1: How did you end up deciding on that question?
0: Uh, (laughs) (laughs) That's very interesting. Um, At that time, uh, the literature on Majority of the literature on African Pentecostalism and um, its appropriation of media are two dominant themes. Uh, First was the theme of um, modernity, and the other one was on the theme of nation building, the role of Pentecostal Christianity uh, in nation building and um, modernity. So I thought that Can we look at um, African Pentecostalism, particularly when it relates to its appropriation of media uh, with other lenses? And that was why I was particularly concerned about how religious functionaries are portrayed. Uh, Essentially because most of these studies conducted on African Pentecostalism have kind of played, um, have given very little concern on, the strategic place that religious functionaries occupy in the, in the Pentecostal Christianity generally and in fact, in religious spheres generally in Africa. So I thought that studying them to see how they influence the adherents is strategic for moving our knowledge on African Pentecostalism forward. And so that was my interest in the subject.
1: I mean, it, it it sounds to me like a unique interest. That's why I'm wondering why. How did you zero yeah. in on on perception? <laughs> Thank you. How how did you how did you come to zero in on perception?
0: Um, because there are, there are arguments on film studies as to whether. Uh, people really make use of what they see in films uh, directly as to whether film content or media content generally has um, any impact on media audience. And so I, I thought uh, my bias was that I, I thought that um, uh, film content do have um, impacts on their consumers. And, but because I wanted the balance and I wanted to do something objective, so in, instead of looking at the subject of the reality, I wanted to look at the subject of um, perception. So uh, to be on the, on the safe side.
1: Do you have a background in media, media studies or something like that?
0: Before that time, no, uh, but um, I was privileged to benefit uh, from the partnership between the Center for Study of World Christianity and Africa International University uh, with um, the Center for the Study of World Christianity in the University of Edinburgh. So I was um, funded to travel to Edinburgh to study for a couple of months under a distinguished um, professor of communication and media uh, media studies by the name Professor Jolion Mitchell. So I was under him for some five to six months, and I was also under the tutelage of um, Professor Alfea Dugame, who kind of has some um, uh, scholarly background in the intersection between Pentecostalism and media appropriation as well. So I drew a lot from, from their wisdom. And my interaction with them uh, brought some light into uh, my ability to be able to shed light on, the, on that question.
1: Sure. Sure. That makes perfect sense. Thank that's, you. That's, that's an interesting journey, though. Yeah. Right? Now, Jim, yeah. You, yeah. you, you <laughs> go through Kenya and Edinburgh to, to get to this yeah. question. Yeah. Thank you. Um, did, did you have a, a research question?
0: Yes, um, I did. OK. Tell me about uh, your research question then. There was um, one central research question and about um, four other sub-questions. Uh, the central question was, um, to what extent do Evon Films and their Christian audience members perception compare and contrast with the assessment of Pentecostal religious functionaries prevalent in scholarly writings on Pentecostalism and themes in Africa? and That was the central question. And then that central question was approached um, from four um, uh, perspectives. First, I asked the question, what research methods best meet the objectives and the the appropriateness or appropriately answer the research questions under investigation in the study. And the second one was, how are Pentecostal religious functionaries portrayed in scholarly writings on Pentecostalism and themes in Africa? Uh, The third one was, um, what are the audience members' perception of the representations of Pentecostal religious functionaries in EVOM films specifically. And the fourth one was um, how are Pentecostal religious functionaries represented in films produced by EVOM World Network? And those were the questions that guided the study.
1: And what was the methodology?
0: Uh, I, I used a number of um, methodologies. Uh, uh, first, it was a case study research. So, and then, but um, I dwelled very significantly on um, qualitative research um, research method. Uh, this is the research method that allows f- f- a researcher to study a phenomenon from a multi-dimensional perspective. And when you look at this particular study is a combination of cultural studies uh, with um, theology and then with um, media studies. And um, um, qualitative research method allows me the opportunity to be able to uh, deal with the subject on a multi dimensional perspective and reach a conclusion uh, using that um, framework. Uh, beyond that, in terms of um, Sampling. Uh, I made use of um, purposive sampling method uh, while studying Evon board network, uh, the, the Christian producing uh, film industry in Nigeria. I, because of my experience with the film industry, I was able to determine uh, uh, to whether to select it. Uh, above all the film industries in Nigeria. And I was uh, permitted by a purposive sampling method, which provides opportunity for a researcher to determine what context or subject to study uh, and for the purpose of data collection in the given um, study. Um, purposive sampling method helps a um, researcher to intentionally select individuals and sites to learn and understand a given uh, phenomenon. And that was exactly why I decided to choose um, that. And uh, um, beyond that, um, I studied 10 films produced by Evon Word Network using content analytical method, uh, some in the Yoruba language and some in the um, English language to determine the frequency of prevalent themes in those um, uh, themes, uh, but in addition to that, I also interviewed 30 audience members of evom um, themes, cutting across what we call five Christian blocks under the umbrella of the Christian Association of um, Nigeria. Then under uh, this umbrella, we have five Christian blocks. One is what they call the AOIC. The other one is what they call Equatecan. The other one is what they call CSN and two others. So I identify audience members from these various groups to ascertain that um, they cut across the representation of Christian bodies um, uh, in Nigeria. And my site for selecting was... Um, at um, the year 2014 annual Easter film show of Yvonne. Every year during Easter period, Yvonne World Network would do a stage display of their drama. And in this meeting, they usually have about um, two to 2,500 people attend the meeting. So all I needed to do was to go to the meeting, get the permission of the organizer of the organizers of the event. And I made an announcement um, for people who may be interested in providing data on the subject that I was studying. And I was able to get um, about 40 people show interest. But at the end, uh, I was um, able to follow up with about 30 of them. 30 of them were patient enough to follow up with me. And I conducted um, interviews with these people within a span of um, about six months. Uh, uh, meeting them one on one. And, um, after that, I assembled, I forced them, transcribed the interviews and then compiled the data, transcribed the interviews, dissembled the interviews, and then reassembled them and then interpret them before drawing conclusions and inference on the frequent teams on um, are uh, frequent themes in the subjects of the themes as well as um, in the interviews.
1: Okay. Um, what did you find?
0: Hmm. <laughs> very, very interesting question. Uh, like I mentioned uh, before, this time, the dominant um, themes in literature on the subject of African Pentecostalism and its appropriation of um, media, uh, were themes of modernity, um, consumerism, uh, themes of nation building, and I was interested in finding how the representation of religious functionaries, particularly Pentecostal religious functionaries, uh, will play out and, and, uh, and the and themes that was prevalent. It was interesting to see that um, my findings was nuanced, uh, was um, also complex and um, complicated. Uh, for instance, uh, I found out that um, religious functionaries in the urban setting in in the films, are uh, represented differently for those who are in the setting in rural settings, and those in the urban settings are usually represented as people who live posh lives, people who live in opulence, and um, are almost always rich uh, in terms of um, material wealth. Uh, that's um that's one and that is to the positive. But also I found that that majority of the audience see these people as agents of God's communication and communicators of the gospel, the interpreters of the word of God. And they also see them as people who have deep knowledge of the Word of God and have access to certain formulas uh, that are not pre- that are not easily accessible to the ordinary Christians uh, on on the street. Uh, those are on the positive, but there are some challenging ones. Like for instance, uh, audience members hold to the view that uh, religious functionaries, as portrayed in the film, are uh, uh, cannot, they are not, they cannot be seen the way they are portrayed in film in real life because most of them are portrayed as um, gentle, melancholic people who are easygoing and uh, they usually are well behaved. Uh, but in real life, that is not that is not um, the truth. Some of them are not um, that well behaved and as cultured as they are presented uh, in in the films, and again they also portray them as people who serve as intermediaries or spokespersons between humans and and God, and between God and and humans.
1: You're talking about Pentecostal functionaries. Hmm. Who is in this group of functionaries? Who? What, what kind of people are you talking about?
0: Thank you very much. Um, we mean by the word religious functionaries, I, it's not my original word. I got it from the writings of um, Professor Kwabena uh, Asama Ogwandu uh, that um, Ghanaian theologian. Sure. And in, in my study, uh, uh, it represents anyone who is portrayed in the film, male or female, as a pastor, an evangelist, prophet, apostle, or a teacher of, of the Word of God. So anyone who belongs into these five bishopric leadership um, categorization are the people uh, I consider in this study as um, religious functionaries. On the general term, we we call them pastors, of course, uh, generally, but they function differently based on their offices.
1: Brilliant. Um, Can you summarize your research finding?
0: Yes. um, The finding, like I said, showed that the portrayal of religious functionary is another lens to look at the representation of Pentecostal religious functionary in literature as it relates to its appropriation of um, media. That, um, these religious functionaries occupy a central role in the way Pentecostalism is viewed uh, in um, Africa. And um, they come out with mixed um, representations. Some of them are exploitative. Some of them are mixed escapist. Some of them are also prophetic in outlook. But uh, in, contrary to the perspective dominant in literature, the study of um, Evon films and their audience members revealed that additional lenses for viewing these religious functionaries are to look at the way they are portrayed in films.
1: Okay. Brilliant. Um, Did you expect that, or was it a surprise for you?
0: Yes. There there were a number of surprises. Uh, For instance, I was surprised to discover that um, my the audience members that I studied that belong to the Pentecostal Saku were the one who raised um, issues mainly on the negative portrayal of um, Pentecostal religious functionaries in, in films. They, they were the ones who, who raised issues regarding the fact that the way they are portrayed in film is different from the way they behave in real life. That um, the, in films, they kind of present them as modest, kind, and um, prophetic people. But in real life, uh, they, they opine that most of their religious members are exploitative and um, escapist. I was surprised to see that people, Pentecostals themselves, are the ones viewing their leaders as the way they are represented in films that way. And I was also surprised to discover that people who do not belong to the Pentecostal circles, for, in, for instance, um, historic um, churches like um, the Roman Catholic Church, the Anglican Communion, were the ones who kind of see religious functionaries in film in a, in a positive way, as, as though the way they are represented in film is the way they also behave in real life. So, uh, ordinarily, one would think that. Um, People who do not belong to the Pentecostal circle will be critical of the representations of Pentecostal leaders in films, but they were not critical. Uh, I discovered that it was the Pentecostals themselves who were critical of their leaders to say that the way they are represented in film is completely different from the way they behave and the way they view them in real life. This, for and, me, well, came as a major surprise.
1: And, and what's the reason? Why, why do people view the pastors like this and why keep following them if they don't trust them
0: so i that's okay that's 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 one area that may need further illumination so i didn't um, i think there's a gap between the way they are represented in film and the way these people uh live their life in real life one dominant theme uh, in literature, and that we see in the film itself, is uh, prosperity living, prosperity theology. Uh, Most of these um, film consumers are poor people, and some of them are surprised to see that um, their pastors are not um, helping them. And then they see these pastors living, on the other hand, in push lives. But one keeps wondering why they keep following these people, knowing that um, uh, the life they live is kind of, um, uh, is in opposition to what the Bible truly teaches. So uh, how to separate that is, um, is a concern. We, we need to illuminate that further and maybe in further studies.
1: You, you said you had several surprises. What's the second one?
0: Okay. Okay. Uh, the second one is um, the fact that um, most Pentecostal members, uh, most of the ones that I um, uh, interviewed, preferred films. They kind of respect pastors who are not within the Pentecostal circles. For instance, they have a lot of regard for the Roman Catholic priests uh that um they see them as upright people and people who submit to authority and people who obey constituted authority in our interviews of them, but when it comes to their leaders, they kind of see that these people are self tied they are not willing to to listen to Uh, to follow, they they have built their institutions around themselves and they are not willing to follow any given institution other than the ones that they have established. So for me, these critical observations of Pentecostal leaders by their followers, for me, it's a a major surprise. I would think that they would be the ones that would support the way their leaders are represented, but to the contrary in my study, that that was not forthcoming.
1: Sure, sure. Anything you want to add to that?
0: For me, personally, this um, kind of gave back to an interest that I've been trying to pursue ever since, which is um, the intersection between world Christianity, public life, and the practice of pastoral ministry in, in Africa. Uh, the practice of pastoral ministry is one area that I think the study of world Christianity must pay attention to going forward. And that has been my area of um, little interest and contributions ever since I, I concluded these um, studies. I've basically been writing on how self styled prophets have contributed to the battering of the image of Christianity in Africa.
1: I look forward to reading that. <laughs> Thank you. What, what was life as a PhD student like?
0: Uh, Yes, um, I, I would say challenging and, and interesting. Of course, I think that's the, that's the compla- uh, completeness of life. Uh, life itself must be challenging and it must be interesting. Interesting uh, on the first level, uh, because uh, I was fortunate uh, with my colleague to, colleagues to be taught by uh, thinkers in this field who have um, made significant contribution, and some of what some of the people who call first-generation scholars in the in the field, uh, I was fortunate to be taught by Andrew Walsh, uh, Mark Shaw, Brian Stanley, Al-Fair uh, I mean, Dan uh, Stinton, Jameson Kansa Alprepong. And, and the list can continue. So these people inspired us, uh, inspired me uh, a, a great deal. And um, the opportunity to be able to do some studies at the University of Edinburgh and um, maybe one or two other universities, um, um, libraries in the UK was um, indeed an additional uh, interesting opportunity for me. So the journey was, um, that interesting. Uh, but in terms of, um, writing, it was, um, uh, challenging and the challenges were worth it. Uh, for me, the first challenge was that my background has been in theology. Uh, my first encounter with, um, uh, cultural studies per se would be when I was, uh, undertaking my MTH and, that exposed me. I uh, developed an interest in that. And then also when we started the PhD, I was furthermore uh, exposed to cultural studies and, and film particularly. And my, if you allow me, my interest in film studies, uh, it's not just academic, it is um, also spiritual because um, if, I, if I may say... Uh, I became, born I I became a Christian by getting exposed to a Christian movie and that has given me, and that was how my Christian birth uh, came to be. And Mm -hmm. since that time, I've been interested uh, uh, in films, and then I saw that it was possible for me to explore that even through academics.
1: What what movie uh, was that 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 led to your conversion?
0: Uh, it's um, one produced by Yvom. It was um, uh, made in Yoruba and the title is Olubala um, Bami, which means save me, O oh Lord, or deliver me, O oh Lord. And it was a story of um, two young men who were uh, living in frivolity and rascality until they had an encounter with one old man who used to live that kind of life and who was sharing his personal life story with this young man. And after he concluded the story, uh, they also thought that they wanted to turn around in their lives. And he introduced them to, to, to Jesus. And um, following that story, he looked to me as if it was also my own um, personal life story. And that caught my spirit. And then, then I considered How long ago was yeah, that? And that was um a little less than thirty years back. Okay. <laughs> I think it should be some twenty-eight or twenty-nine years ago.
1: Awesome. Yes. Brilliant. Yes. Okay, you you were still reflecting on your PhD journey. What challenges yes.
0: Uh and so the uh, one of the challenges was um uh, the difficulty in being able to find a way, what um, methods to use, what um, theoretical framework to guide my study and to with which to guide my analysis, and uh, that gave me some time, but um, some challenges. But it helped me to be able to read wide in um, media studies, in cultural studies, as well as in uh, theology generally. But basically African uh, Christian theology and in the end uh, it came out um, fine for me and I'm, today i'm I'm better for it. I also had a challenge of um, uh, resources uh, but God um, sent help to me i uh, unlike uh, most of my colleagues, I initially didn't have any uh, scholarship or funding to support my my studies but um, my professors were very helpful when they saw the promise that the study had and the future that it can give so they were very supportive they rallied around and they helped raised form and i'm eternally grateful to them for the support that they they provided one of the support was um the opportunity to be able to benefit from the partnership between the center for the study of world Christianity at the University of Edinburgh and um, the same center at University of Africa International University Sure. all right
1: um from your from your research yes what what would you Get from it to share with the African church? What What's the implication of your PhD? What's your contribution to the day to day life of the African church?
0: Oh, uh, Okay. Um, first, um, it does, like I mentioned, it has helped us um, to gain more knowledge on. African Pentecostalism, generally, to to increase uh, the lenses with which we view uh, that brand of um, Christianity, uh, specifically as it relates to its appropriation of um, media. So I would think that um, this study has further pushed our knowledge forward in that um, regard. Uh, But in addition to that, it has also... I liked the centrality of um, religious functionaries, uh, and how that is connected to what Christianity, particularly how it is important for us to pay attention in our study of what Christianity generally to the place of pastoral leadership generally within the African church. Uh, that synchronizes very well with um, the wisdom of um, Richard Ramesh that says um, uh, pastoral health affects church health and church health affects societal health. So when pastors are correct, it's highly likely that um, the local church will be correct. and um, the followers of Jesus Christ will lead their lives in a way that they will contribute significantly to the progress of the society and increase the testimony of the Christian message in the uh, public square. Uh, one other area is also the bridge between culture, theology, and media studies. Uh, this study is, um, was approached from a multidimensional perspective. So, in terms of its research methods, um, it was um, generally acknowledged by uh, my examiners and anyone who has encountered the study as very rich in methodology. So, this study provides additional way to study theology uh, from a multi-dimensional uh, perspective. And these are the three that I would like to mm-hmm. isolate. Sure. Uh, for now,
1: thank you. That's very helpful. Thank you. Um, in in your capacity, in your current role, mm. if you were to have a chance to speak to younger generation African Christians about theological education, uh, and you can look at it from any of the themes that that are of interest to you but just the 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 place of theological education in in their both their own uh formation but also in the shaping of 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 the society as a whole
0: um, first, I would say that anyone who desires to Uh, take leadership or provide leadership to the church, must pay attention to the centrality of training uh, and theological education. This one, in this case, is germane. Uh, It is uh, non-negotiable, it is central to our development. Uh, But in addition to that, I would like to advise um, uh, the younger generation behind us that it does take time. uh, this is not something that is going to happen quickly. It's a process uh, that will take. It's a lifelong um, process. So it's not something they will want to rush in, and uh, rush out. They must um, give it time. They must be disciplined. Uh, they must pay attention to their lives as well as uh, being willing to sacrifice to obtain what is um, best. But uh, in addition to that, I want to also say that as we look at the importance of academics, we should also uh, put some emphasis on spiritual formation, uh, the integrity of Christian character as uh, as leaders. And I would uh, add that um, we should also pay attention to theology that speaks that speak to our context. Uh, most times what we, what we do, there are sometimes some gaps between what we study and the reality that we encounter in the context. So anyone who is interested in following this strategy, trajectory must look to mm-hmm. bridging this gap between what we study and what we encounter in, in the real context mm-hmm. of the practicing of uh, our theology and Christianity.
1: Thank you. That's really good. Um, Final question. And maybe you've answered it already, but I I have to ask it anyway. Normally I ask people to to mention some of their key African um, theological influences. Yeah. Um, and you've mentioned a few names, but let, let's, let's highlight a few.
0: Okay. Yes, I would say uh, African theologians whose um, works have um, influenced my thinking. First on the list would be Professor Ogbu Kalu, uh, and um, followed by um, Lame Sane, and um, Kwame Bitiako, uh, and um, John S. Mbiti, and um, Bayankato. those will be my first uh, most. Of course, I could mention a few more. I have JNK um, Mododi, be on that list. Those will be my premier list in terms of um, influence on my theological thinking.
1: All right. All right. Is there anything else that you would like to share? Maybe about your work, about your ministry, about about your book that's coming
0: soon? Oh, okay. Um, hopefully, in the, um, very soon, we expect um, a study on how the coronavirus lockdown has affected um, impacting corporate worship in Nigeria and um, using the Evangelical Church winning hall as, um, as a case in point. Well... Um, I consider this an introductory study to the big, big subject of um, coronavirus. But um, my interest in, in the forthcoming book is to zero in on how the lockdown has affected evangelical church, all, and some of them to the wider church. In, uh, in at. Um, the subject of evangelicalism and the relationship between evangelicalism and Pentecostalism that is still a big issue in our context here in Nigeria in terms of the relationship, whether they are related or they are two different entities in terms of um, what I mean evangelical movement and Pentecostal movement. I try to provide my reflection on what I think how I think they are they are related. I think the two movements are related.
1: Do you identify as an evangelical as a, or as a Pentecostal or both?
0: I, I am an evangelical. Okay. Yes. So um, uh, I also looked at um, uh, corporate worship uh, in Equa and um, what I call um, essential elements of corporate worship in Equa, And now COVID-19 has come to change that uh, during the lockdown and some lessons that the church in Africa can learn from the lockdown for the future of the church uh, going forward.
1: And who is publishing this book?
0: This uh, book will be published by um, West Bowl Press. And Bloomington in the US, Indiana,
1: Indiana US. Indiana, that's right. Yes. All right, good. Let let us know when the
0: book is out. Oh, okay, okay, we'll let you know. Thank I'd you like very to much. Sit
1: down again and talk about
0: it. Thank you very much.
1: Sure. Um, anything else you'd like to add?
0: No, I, I'm okay. Rather than to thank you for for this opportunity, we look forward to more conversations with you. on the growth of the church in Africa. Thank you very much.